You're tuned in to Fort Podcast. I'm Sean Chris Lewis, your host, and I'm sitting here in neck deep in home renovations in my garage, I'm building out a home studio. So yeah, I'm in a I'm in a big mess here, and sitting in this big mess, actually even recording in this big mess, uh, I'm reminded that self reinvention kind of looks like this. You know, this whole construction process began due to the, the COVID disruption. I wanted to have a, a right spot at home so I could continue working with my personal training business remotely with my clients. I wanted to have a more professional environment to work out of, one that's a little bit more private as well, and a little bit removed from the house. Yeah, some people might say it sounds like a man cave, but it's not really. But it's kind of moving in that direction. <laughs> I took on the challenge to not just make do temporarily with what was going on with the being sequestered at home. And I, I wanted to actually jump in and redefine myself in my ongoing entrepreneurial life. You know, I'm getting kind of used to self redefining how I do things. And um, yeah, I wanted to go with something more permanent. I wanted to jump in and say, no, this is the way I'm going to try to do things from today on. I can say that the mess of the construction job reminds me of what self-reinvention looks like because self-reinvention is always messy. It's uh, in the beginning, it's even overwhelming. It never really looks quite right, but you got to use your imagination to look forward and try and imagine where this thing is going to go. So you got to look past all that mess. I'm hoping that many of you have taken advantage of this time during the disruption to look past the overwhelm, you know, and dig in deep and into self-reinvention and self-discovery. I often have said it in past episodes that the world wants to change and we see so much change happening around us right now that it makes it actually conducive to changing ourselves. Yeah, it's scary what's going on. People are worried about the future and obviously the second wave talk and all these things. But going past that overwhelmed feeling visualizing a different self and going with the changes that we're seeing around us I think is an amazing thing and I hope that you're taking advantage of this and um, in fact this week's guest she's a, a fitness coach who's very real she's gonna lay a whole bunch of insights on us about the fitness industry and all the changes that trainers and coaches are facing but what I'm most excited about is she's going to get us motivated for what we can do for the rest of the summer, going into the fall, creating our own wave and building up a better immune system, building up better fitness so that we can feel in control. So I'm really excited to jump right in. So this is Anissa Marcano. All right, Anissa. So what's going on? How are you doing? I'm okay. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm just here in my garage right now and building out my new studio and it's a it's a big mess, man. It's like really heavily under construction and you know, we're just doing this audio call now. So, it makes me feel kind of lazy, right? Cuz I'm not going to be doing any editing afterwards. It's not going up on YouTube and you wonder is this enough that should I be doing more than this? <laughs> 
everyone's always going to tell you, you have to be on all platforms. Uh -huh. That is such a, an old way of thinking. Choose a platform, master it. That is where your following is. They're not going to, people will rarely go cross platform to follow all of your shit. They're going to know you from somewhere and not necessarily from somewhere else. So I think that's such an antiquated way of doing things. And also I think that's a way for this new online entrepreneur stupidity to kind of shame other people into not working as hard or to give up because they feel like they're not working as hard. Screw that. Ooh, <laughs> Screw that. That's, that's like big. That. Yeah. We, we, you just yeah. said so important. It's, it's a lot of shaming. And you know, in the okay. end of the day, you got to figure out what am I trying to do here? I just keep reminding myself I'm having fun. I have yeah. my personal training business. I've converted it to mostly online FaceTime training from the COVID disruption. And I'm happy. I'm happy yeah. making money that way. And if one day my podcast does more, great. But I'm not going to become this slave to all these platforms like you just said, because I feel I'm not working hard enough. Like, what's yeah. that all about? And people know that you're, people can feel that it's a it's an asset like people feel that your podcast is um an added bonus to the services that you already provide and which is nice that's that's the way i like to hear podcasts is that oh it's added information because he wants to put it out there not because he's trying to monetize on it because he has fun doing other things and he makes his primary like income from other things related to this but this is just kind of like the bonus for people who subscribe to your other real services that bring in the income. Yeah, I mean, one day I'd love to be doing my podcasting full time and turn it, turn it into my actual business. But in the meantime, I'm really not in a rush to find any solution to the for the one to many type business, you know, as personal trainers. We do have hours for dollars and many trainers want to always upscale that, right? They want to find a way that they can go from one to many. I'm not particularly in a rush with that myself. Um, and if it was going to happen, I would rather that be in my podcasting, not actually in my personal training, because I really do like the one-on-one -on -one concept. And as we had talked about a week ago when we were talking about getting together for this podcast, um, I, I felt that that is something that's going on right now with personal trainers with COVID and working online. And I think uh, that's gonna be changing the, the industry considerably. Yeah, and what's so interesting is that was one of your questions and I'm looking through my notes and I actually yeah. did write that is that you said, um, how do you think, or do you think the fitness industry is in jeopardy? And you said exactly what I put here is that I think it, it'll just divide the industry where people like you who love your personal training business and who have profit, profited on that, but there will be other people who are going to want to maximize this COVID situation and go online. And they're going to, I feel like it's going to cause a lot of divide in the industry and a lot of existential crisis in, in a lot of trainers as they try to say, oh, you know, now is my claim to fame. Now everything I worked for, I can, I can reach the many. Yeah, but maybe maybe there's already a lot of that, you know, and if you get too caught up in that, you might jeopardize your own, not that the whole industry is in jeopardy, but you might jeopardize your own business because of, of that need to want to profit, maximize on this online surge that we're having really only because of COVID, you know? Right. Let's yeah. get it. Uh, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about that because to, to me that that's very interesting because some trainers are having a good go of 
reinventing themselves and getting online and and figuring that out while others are obviously struggling. I'm very fortunate. All my clients prior to COVID and still are, you know, they they have money. They're they're quite wealthy and um they're very loyal. I've been working with them for a very long time. And COVID, though, may have affected some of their businesses. It never put them in a position where they couldn't continue working with me. So I don't want to say that I've been some genius, that I've been able to reinvent my business and I found a way to continue to grow. In all reality, I just had to ask, and they asked, some of them even asked me, so, Sean, how are we going to do this now? And I just said, well, yeah. do you got an iPhone? Yeah, like, let's do it FaceTime. And they're all like, yeah, let's do it. So I don't want to boast to be something I'm not. I just was able to convert all my business, and I mean literally all of it, to That's online. Amazing. But um, there's others who aren't so fortunate. So what do you think's happening with them? Well, online is a special kind of beast. And um, like when online first became the thing that people focused on to expand their businesses, like not just the fitness industry, but everything, it was like, well, it's just, it's a free for all. Everyone can make it online. That's really not the case. And the more that people tried to do it, the more they realized that uh, it's very, it's much more materialistic or even much more difficult than TV or regular advertising was because there is so much of it out there. You have to be so exceptional and not everyone's exceptional. It's just what it is. And so you're kind of in the, um, <laughs> you're in the, in the, in the good spot where you were able to convert your business online, but it's probably because a, you have a great speaking voice, you're clear, um, and your content is good. People like looking at you, Sean. It's not like hey, it's no secret. Keep like, talking. Like, I'm keep talking. I'm, I'm, I'm listening. You know, <laughs> it's one of those things. Like I was just just having this conversation with um, the head coach at um, Orange Theory, where I, I work, yesterday, where she sent me um, a video of, of an online trainer who's got millions of followers, and we were talking about the movement in her her deadlift, and she's like, "This is a an ongoing trend." Uh, where they don't extend their hips at the top of their deadlift, right? And we've all, we've all been trained otherwise, and we mm-hmm. started talking about it, and it's like, yes, because that's not that's not what you want to see online. Like uh, online is a very visual thing; it's very visual. People like to hear things too, but if you're not putting out the most quality content, and I think that's where people are going to have the rude awakening: is uh, you might be a fantastic trainer one on one, you might be killing it with your personal clients or a great group trainer. If you are not online doing it, it exactly in the way that people have been accustomed to seeing it because the standard was set so high from the people who are being exceptional and putting out exceptional content, you will get looked over in a second and you can't get those eyes back. That's that's the, the cutthroat, like the, the sharpness of the internet is that you cannot regain those eyes once they've passed you over because they're going to just deem you as not interesting, not interesting. And the attention span on the internet is so small. So if you can make it online, like it's first of all, so, so like one in a mil- like one in a million, and you really have to be realistic and humble about that. But if you do have what it takes, like it's, it just kind of happens. Yeah. And there's, you know, you were saying you don't want to boast to be something you're not, but like, unfortunately it's, I hate to say it, but it's kind of just something you've, you kind of, you have, or you don't, you know what I mean? Like, and I've seen it a lot because I've worked with, um, people in the fashion industry. And that's like the hardest thing to explain to a company that you have the product, but you don't have the image. 
you might have a fantastic product and yeah, you're making millions online because you're profiting on your sample sales with like all of such and such community that comes in and spends millions twice a year at your sample sales. Fantastic. That's not going to translate online. You don't have the image. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's, it's tough to, to break spirits like that, but I, you know, on the other hand, it's uh, it's necessary. I think there are too many, like especially in my generation, because we were kind of at the cusp of when online was, you know, we, we had to make a decision. Either are you going the regular career route or are you going to go into tech? Like when I, back in like 2004-ish oh, yes, yes. when I was coming on to like going into my career, that was when it was like, okay, are you going to be different now or are you going to do things the old way? <laughs> like oh, the yeah. Way. It's like, yeah. okay. And, and I decided to stick it out as the old way and eventually sort of was forced to transition into the new way only because I was one of the youngest people in my industry at the time. So it, it just happened by accident. But having an ear to the ground with the new generation and being able to do it the old way benefited me. So if you're able to do both, I think that's the sweet spot. Uh, but then again, if you don't have the image and if you're really not in tune with what people want to see, um, it's... Yeah, I would it's tough. think. Yeah, listen, I agree with everything you just said, and I think that also people could use to, or not people, personal trainers or or health coaches could use to redefine what making it online might mean. Like to mm -hmm. me, if I'm doing twenty clients per week, FaceTiming, um, to me, I've made it online because I'm literally oh, yes, exactly. doing my career online. Am I, you know, am I breaking the bank? No. In my opinion, I am because I'm, I'm a bit of a minimalist in my life. So I just feel super wealthy. I'm doing what I love and I'm not a slave to my hours because I don't fill up every single hour of time with training. I really feel, feel like I've made it. Do you feel like that contributes what you just said, that you feel like you're not a slave to what you do, you love what you do? Do you feel like that contributes to your perception of wealth? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I need to, at the end of the day, I have to, uh, I my day needs to, just because of my 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 mental sort of condition, which is mm -hmm. I'm very prone to depression and um and anxiety, I mm -hmm. seem to have gotten that quite under control as I've gotten older, but I would say that I've mostly gotten it under control because I've slowly tapered my life in the direction of what gives me meaning. And uh, mm -hmm. very little of that has been money, to be honest with you. Of course, money to get make all ends meet, have my home and be able to send my daughters to university and all those important things. But you don't have to be rich to do any of that. Exactly. And that was kind of a great segue because I think that <laughs> that changed a lot. That forced a lot of people um, during COVID and with everybody getting put on. I mean, I don't know if everyone, but I'm, I think most everyone who got furloughed or laid off was were put on CERB um, and there were some who were making more than what they would normally make at their salary job or and some were making way less and I think that COVID probably the biggest change to happen to a lot of people during COVID was was that was redefining their definition like what what they consider wealthy like what you just said is it, it, it you can hear it in your voice that wealthy doesn't mean 100 clients a week and wealth, wealthy to you means being in control of what you do and loving what you do. And right. a lot of people would probably put in the position. I mean, I think there were a lot of rude awakenings over COVID about exactly that. What we define as wealthy, what online wealth is, what, what can and cannot be done online. What, 
like if you thought you could make it online and now you were forced to put your money where your mouth is mm -hmm. and then realize that you can't like a lot of people, I think, redefine that word or their relationship with money in general. So I think that a lot of people are having that kind of discussion with themselves right now. So for trainers who are listening or any online coaches, I want to just reel you back to some stuff that you were talking about before, because I found that very interesting. What do you think are some of those key attributes that people need to develop to work online? If somebody was saying, listen, man, I can't get my online thing going and I don't want to make a million. Well, I'm, they might want to make a million dollars a year. <laughs> listen to me, a million dollars. You can tell how old I am by my quotes. It's like a, it's like Austin <laughs> Powers. <laughs> we want a million dollars. <laughs> I, 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 you said a million dollars and I was like, that is so much money. Yeah, like, like, me too. Me too. But apparently today yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. a lot of money. So like, yeah. let's talk to the, the our, you know, people who think a million dollars is a lot of money <laughs> okay uh, so well, th those are the people who uh who, th those would be the greatest candidates to work online because you can make so much more than that that i think that <laughs> we, we work for four months make it and be like oh my god i think i'm set for life this is too much million <laughs> this is too oh, much man. million so yeah. what do they got to do anisa what um, you said so i just want to get some clarification on a point that yeah. you said before because maybe I misunderstood when you said that somebody comes to somebody's site and they watch them perform an exercise, the mm -hmm. exercise yeah. needs to look more aesthetically pleasing yeah. than it does actually accurate in its benefit. That is exactly what I was saying. I didn't finish that thought, but we were talking about how if I, if we were trainers looking at this and so this person was in our class or in front of us, we would want to correct their form. And yet if it, if you actually saw it the way that it should be performed, you wouldn't see how round and beautiful her booty is in those leggings. Wow. Right. So, yeah. because you know, there's certain things that don't look pretty when you're training properly. Right. I mean, you can attest to that. It's right, not right. pretty, but it's functional. And well, um, tucking your ass at the top of a deadlift doesn't look it, right. Absolutely. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's not, and we do it, um, and because we know as trainers, we do it. We don't, we don't, you know, give a rat's ass. But like, yeah. there, that's it, not with cells, you know. And that's what we're seeing a lot of is that, um, especially because I have a yoga background, so I can, I can, I'm new to the fitness industry, so I can't really speak as an expert to that. But I can look at a lot of yoga training, and I'm, I'm new to Instagram too, so I'm, I'm really just a noob all around. But when I look <laughs> at yoga people who are yoga famous i guess on instagram yeah. and i look at the teacher like my teacher who who taught me for 10 years he's like close to 80 has eight posts on instagram and maybe 1400 followers i look at these women on there who are basically just ex-dancers they're just like ballerinas who are making millions with the most atrocious form and i just believe that if a lot of people are at home doing their quote-unquote yoga challenge yoga challenge with me for 28 days whatever there's a lot of injuries out there that I think people are knowing that, that no one's talking about because visually that's more important. It's more important to put out visual content than it is to put out quality cueing and proper form. And not everyone. I mean, there yeah. are a lot of cert like certified yoga teachers that are, are really trying to break this cycle. But the reality of it is that people like aesthetics, people like to see what it looks like even and then want to re recreate that without respecting that their body might not be able to do that. Yeah. And it happens a lot in real life too. It's just more. Hold, hold on, man. But you got to yeah. help me now because 
<laughs> because I'm I, again, like, I don't want to sound like I'm just always agreeing with you, but I do. I mean, because I see all that, that, that the training and I'm thinking of so many trainers I know and they actually get stewed. They say, you know, I don't understand online training. The, the technique is all wrong. These, these trainers are putting it out there and, and the, they're going to hurt people. Yet I go and investigate who they're talking about. And that particular mm-hmm. trainer has like, 14,000 followers and yeah. is clearly monetizing their online business. And um, I I don't know what to say to that because I'm also well, a certified trainer. I've been a trainer for 30 years. And of course, you don't want clients to get hurt. And I agree that technique must be right. What's this What's the solution in there, man? Well, like, where, here's the other where's caveat. the happy place? <laughs> there is none, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> you know, there, has to be, there has to be. If you're making... Okay, so there's a difference between uh, trainers who are making money off selling their programs via an independent site. So if they have their website and they're selling their programs, um, that is, you assume that as your business, and I would hope that you have insurance <laughs> because right. I don't think that you can do that without it. Um and I would hope that you're investing uh, in making proper videos showing proper form that are maybe available to only the customers behind a paywall that have bought one of your programs. Gotcha. Like I would assume yeah. that's that's one way of, quote unquote, making it online. Then there are trainers who are probably amassing more followers than that one trainer who got the insurance. He paid his cost of business. He, he spent time to do his programming. Um, he maybe has like 5,000 followers on Instagram, but he's redirecting his Instagram followers to his personal training business, his or her personal training business on their website. Then there are the, and this was kind of one of the points that I wanted to. Are you going to say influencers? Are you going to say influencers? That's what I was going to say. They're just the influencers (laughs) and they're covered. And here is the worst part is that if they're not, if you're, if they're not offering something that you're buying from them and they're making their um, income through sponsorships, Mm. no one's suing you because whatever you put out on Instagram is your creative property, but it's also the creative property of Instagram. Mm. And it doesn't, it doesn't, it like, if you're going to read the disclaimers and everything that you have to agree to, to have any of these uh, accounts, then you'll realize that whatever people do with the content that you put out there is none of your business. It's not your problem. So that's the, that's the unfortunate reality that we're living in. And I don't think there's a solution to it right now is that people can get tons of free content, tons of free Instagram challenges and, uh, mini, mini programming through these influencers who have millions, millions of followers, and they're not making a dime off that programming. What they're doing is making money off their sponsorships. Okay. And they're making more money than so, God. like clothing. <laughs> so, sp- you mean like clothing sponsors, perhaps yeah, uh, supplement absolutely. sponsors? Oh yeah. So I got it now. So they you- they can they are they're making programming and everything else. But if they're not making a certain percentage of their income off that, they're really not held liable for any of the any any outcomes of it. Okay, got it. So they might just do it for sh- for show, but it's not because it's their personal training business. They have an online business as an influencer, fitness influencer. Okay. And that's a, a different beast entirely. And I think that it's easy to get confused as to who's who, because a lot of these people, I mean, if you're getting paid by the best, or if you're getting free clothes from the best sponsorships and you're, you're coming up with this beautiful content because of all of the, 
the networking and the sponsorships that you have and you have a sponsorship with, I don't know, LA fitness or whatever. So you have this beautiful gym, beautiful clothes, great body. Cause you get paid to basically just work out all day and you have a personal chef. Well, yeah, those eyes are going to go on you versus the other guy who's kind of doing it in his basement, <laughs> right. trying to make videos. Like it's, it's, that's the, um, it's the kind of like the paradox we're living in. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it, it's really depressing to watch sometimes. Cause I go, wake up, you know, like I want to tell people to wake up, but it's, it's impossible because we're just, we're programmed to go where the shiny things are, I suppose. Yeah. I'm also of the mindset that humans don't get hurt as easy as a lot of personal trainers try to make it out to be as well. I think there's yeah. also been a bit of an over-professionalization of the obvious. Sometimes mm -hmm. if somebody's a slightly offsetting a squat, unless they're like doing max lifts and they have a lot of weight on their back, I don't think mm -hmm. if somebody's doing body weight squats and their knee is doing like a Z pattern, that's something you would want to correct. But I wouldn't overstress about it either because the person's yeah. body is designed to move and if they keep moving in the right ways or as close to the right ways as possible, they'll be fine. Cause I've even put stuff out on, uh, and then a couple of my personal trainer friends will write and say, Hey, you're, uh, you're jerking the movement. I'm like, mm, those are my F favorite. off, man. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, come favorite. on, man. Like I, yeah. I've been doing this a long time and we are not that fragile as a species. We did survive ice ages, you know? And I, yeah. well, so you're bringing up a really good point too, is that I think we discredit a lot of body awareness, like the, the, um, the element of body awareness when you're working out is huge. And I think that there's a psychological component to that. If you are if you are putting instilling fear in your client or instilling fear in people who are brand new to fitness that, oh, if you don't do it this way or this is the proper movement or if we stress that too much, it creates a barrier for them psychologically where they will abandon body awareness and only go with what they're told oh. and they won't go with what feels right. And so you might, in stressing so much the aspect of injury, be causing that injury right. in the long run because you're not trusting that the person is born with instincts, right? Like I have, I mean, I, I experienced this in, in yoga is that I started just watching and I didn't really have much body awareness except that I knew what felt right and what didn't feel right. With time, when you become more competitive about it, when you start comparing, when you start this and when you start getting more into the um, the, the networking of it, you, you, come, you become part of the scene, you know, people like mm -hmm. become part of their gym scene. Well, then in in like that in that moment of comparison you forget or you abandon your own instinct and your own body in favor of what it should look like or what you should look like and that's where the injury happens it won't happen because you're trying you're you will not injure yourself on purpose right but your body will adapt and like like you said humans are tougher than we make them out to be um but it's the comparison trap in trying to be something that it's not well, if you're going to try to force a joint somewhere it shouldn't go, well, that's the same thing as a person. <laughs> if you're yeah. trying to make them look some, like a certain way when it doesn't feel right in their squat or whatever, squats don't all have to look the same, like you said, in order to be functional. Well, yeah, and it, on, uh, online, that's all you're mimicking, right? And most things kind of come apart at the scene, uh, seams when you start adding weights to it, right? If a person's mm -hmm. trying to learn to move their natural body weight efficiently, I, I think there's there's very few injuries that they can get from that. I mean, it happens, but generally it's once we start loading up the body with this exactly. artificial training. Like if I told somebody to climb an apple tree to get an apple, 
they're going to be working their biceps, their lats, their core, their legs, Mm -hmm. and they're not going to have to be corrected on movements, right? It's when you start to try and do lat pull downs to imitate the movement in nature that now Mm -hmm. you might start to, because you're moving in an unnat, a lat pull down is an unnatural exercise, right? Climbing a tree is excellent. This is such an interesting point because I was, I wrote that down in my notes. It's one of the other questions you asked. <laughs> my is that notes. How, you got your notebook out there. I like I, that. I did. I, well, it's like <laughs> digital because I, I used to be a very pen to paper type person, but now I don't know, I guess COVID has made me <laughs> like, uh, I, I need to do everything digital, which is the irony. But um, you, you had said that, you know, how, how do you think that people have changed during COVID in terms of their fitness um, journeys? And I think that exactly what you said is so right is we have been forced to actually use our bodies in a way that's not just sitting at a desk like people are going outside because they have no choice Mm -hmm. and so they're taking more walks like you don't know how many people i've spoken to they're like oh man i started walking and now i have to take my evening walk even though i'm back that i'm back at work perfect because now when you go back to training that won't be the only source of movement in your entire week so you'll be surprised at how you've woken up your natural movement muscles like climbing that tree that now your lat pull down in the gym will feel a lot less foreign mm. because you started doing the things that your body's supposed to do. You know what I mean? So like, right. I think it's brilliant that we were forced to just go out and be people again so that in the gym we can continue being people and not just striving to be like, oh, I have to do this because it's something I have to do. I have to get my body like this. No, no, no. Your body wants to be like that and you just forgot. So now you had to go out and do all the things and the gym or any, any loaded exercise um, that you would do that's not your natural movement pattern is just going to be a, like a, an access, not an accessory, but like complementary to that instead of just, oh, I have to go and do my squats. No, you've been squatting, you've been picking up you know, roses or I don't know what people are no, doing. Abs- you're, you're right. Gardening, yeah. gardening. I'm yeah, a, I'm a huge yeah. gardener and yeah, that, exactly. that is huge, man. When you're hauling around big bags of like cedar chips and you know, yeah. and it, it, like you're, you're moving properly when you're doing stuff like that. And it's very vigorous exercise. And you can, I like what you just said that once you've been doing these like climbing exercises then when you finally go in and do a lat pull down in the gym intuitively you know how to do that lat pull down and it's probably easier to learn to do a climb a tree than it is to first start with the lat pull down right well that's building mind muscle connection right right? that's what we like as trainers that's like the first thing you want to do with your your client is like you have to wake up those neurons to communicate with those muscles and i feel like that's such a it's an oft forgotten component of training is working with your client or working with your, your members in a, in a group training environment to really become aware of their own bodies, like body awareness. And I think that everyone can, and this is like my peace, love and macrame coming in again, but like, I think everyone can benefit from at least a little bit of yoga training only because it is so focused on dialing into your own body. I agree. It, 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 it will just wake up all of the other things all of the muscles that you need will just get woken up. You're not, it's not feeling like you're disconnected entirely from that bicep. People are doing a bicep curl and they're like, I don't know what the muscle I'm using is. Right. <laughs> but then as soon as you have a baby and then you're holding a baby, it's like, Oh, that, oh, that seems natural. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that the less you have to think about the more easily fitness, physical fitness will come. Um, but it takes the, it takes the un, 
undoing of a lot of things yeah. that we've been told in order to be able to do them. If that you makes know, sense. interesting story on that point is um, prior to actually prior to COVID for the past maybe 15 years, I always wanted to do side crow, you know, always wanted to. Mm, yeah. I mean, I don't know what that means, but I did. And then I actually accomplished doing it in about a week. Yeah. <laughs> because I was in my backyard, I'm training. I only have two 15 pound dumbbells and one 20 pound kettlebell. That's it. That's what I've managed to wow. use to stay in shape. But I've been having to get creative in my backyard with my training. So I said, okay, well, I'm going to start bringing back the crow posture. And then something clicked in my head. I said, hey, why don't you just start working on side crow? Because that's going to really fire up a ton of muscles. And within For a week sure. from always wanted to, to accomplishing it in a week, I'm like, wow, you really start to learn to move when you remove the equipment. Yeah. Pretty oh, yeah. nuts, man. So you're oh, yeah, right. Uh, taking a, a yoga course, I do agree with you. I think that can really teach people. I do well, correct me on on this if uh, if I'm wrong. I find Pilates and a lot of these other things just a little bit too complicated for movement. So I like to push people towards yoga because it does seem a little bit more natural. I might um, be wrong. You might have Pilates friends, and then we're going to get hate. But I don't know. No, I don't have any Pilates friends. I'm. I'm a, I don't hang around with Pilates people. I'm. A, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a, Yeah, I know. I'm. A, I'm kind of a Pilates hater. I just. I. I'm not a hater. I just. I have. Please I have go ahead. I have words. It's funny. I'll say to people, "Oh, I started in yoga. I've only recently gone into group fitness," and they're like, "Oh my god, why don't you teach bar?" And I'm like, because I don't even know what bar is and it's not related at all. But I feel like people have made this mental connection between yoga and everything that is. I hate that I'm going to use this, but girl fitness. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I hate, I hate having to use that, but they girl just put you fitness. in the same. Yeah, Wait, like what's girl use, fitness? What? Go ahead. It's girl fitness is unloaded. Actually, it's basically just like exercise, just to exercise, just to say that we moved. Oh, like, I see. I, see. I, and that's not, I mean, there's so many more injuries can happen in that just because you thought it was low impact and is this bar are way. you talking about bar now is that i'm what talking you're... about bar and pilates and all of okay, the other gotcha. kind of branded um not that i mean they have their place they had their place of I'm, course, I, of I, course. I'm everyone has their own but when when anything that has been branded to a specific gender you mm -hmm. have to question we are muscles they're more or less the same <laughs> they're yeah, there yeah. to be worked in the same way so don't be afraid of those things just because pilates came out and it was cute you know, mm -hmm. like yoga, yoga is cute. It's like, no, I learned from like this 80, 80 year old, or he's 80 now, but he's a, a, a man and he was not, he would never uh, like teach us differently just because I'm a woman and, and someone else is a man. He's like, everyone should be able to do this. It's all in your head if you can't. And when I tell people, oh, I'm trained in yoga, they just think I'm trained in vinyasa style yoga and vinyasa style yoga. I have words about. Okay. <laughs> what is that? What's vinyasa fun. style? Vinyasa style is like, um, it, most of the yoga studios that you'll go to today, unless it specifically says yin or like it's so vinyasa style yoga is when you link all of the postures together in such a way that like you're moving through it. It's movement based yoga instead of like yin yoga where you hold a static position for a long time. And that's, okay. that's meant to open up and, and like stretch out. Right. There's different types of yoga, but the Ashtanga tradition, which is what I was trained in, is technically vinyasa style and all of the other vinyasa type classes have come from that tradition. However, what's different about Ashtanga yoga is that it, it has a set 
way of being done from start to end and you do not deviate. They had the primary series, the secondary series, and it always looks the same. So it became a little boring for people again, because we had the attention span of like squirrels, right, right. included. Yeah. And so they started to play around with it and became vinyasa yoga in the West became more uh, synonymous with like a dance inspired thing. And that's what attracted more women. And then that started getting branded as a low impact exercise because it gets your cardio going. That's not the point. Like mm. we missed the point entirely. And so Pilates is another one of those things. Like it has its place. If, if you really cannot be doing other exercise, like um, I've, I, it's worked. I have this one friend who it's worked wonders for. She has MS. She just like, she, it's limited to what she can do. And okay, that's fine. That's great. Um, if that's what you enjoy, but if you're, if you're doing it because you're afraid of doing of loading or because you're afraid of doing the real movements that your body should be doing in daily activities, mm -hmm. that's when, when we get into a debate, right? That's, right. When, that's when I'll start debating it. Yeah. Um, but yoga itself, if you really use it as a movement-based approach and not as your cardio for the week because that's not what it is at all, then it can, it can work wonders for you. But you have to change that mentality towards it. Like you can't look at yoga as your primary or the three times you go to your yoga studio and you and it's a hot yoga session. So you get a good sweat out of it and that's what you think is enough movement for you. Mm -hmm. No. Right, <laughs> at some point right. you're going to lift up a heavy bag of, like you said, wood chips or cement because you're redoing your bathroom or something. Um and you'll be you'll be pleasantly surprised there yeah, <laughs> because you you'll can, get injured. Yeah, you can't get away from that one exercise for sure, which is loading your body with a slightly heavier load than it can bear, right? Yeah. The idea is just to always, it's that whole Milo's bull thing, you know? You carry mm -hmm. the little calf down the pasture and keep doing that every day until eventually the calf is a full-grown bull and you can still carry it. I love that Milo's mm -hmm. bull uh, yeah. analogy. And it is important. It's one that you can't get away with without doing because strength training and building muscle is really that one discipline that covers so many aspects of a person's health right and right uh, but the idea of building muscle has scared off so many people for so long right, right um and the fact that people attribute yoga with lean long muscle toned mm. it's like Oh, and to, to undo a lot of that, especially in like older women, like if I'm dealing, not old, right, even not right. even older women, it's just like if you're 40 or over, you were there when yoga was branded to you. Like you were old enough to want to get into fitness where you could choose to go to the gym, but then you'd look like those bulky women or you could choose to run and do yoga and end up today in your fifties with all kinds of hip issues because you didn't take the time to strengthen them, you know, with a bit of loading because you were afraid of the bulky muscle versus right. toned muscle and this is like a lot of uh, so when i say girl exercise that's what i mean is okay. that like there's a lot of there's still a lot of that mentality with all with everything that we know with all the information available to us there's still that prejudice out there right you know what i really love about this conversation today is it wasn't about covid <laughs> you know, there's just so and much going, there's a, yeah, yeah there, <laughs> the notes, the notes are out. Yeah. I, I just, I'm a little tired of it because mm -hmm. I feel that people need to be building their own second wave towards the fall, which is don't mm. lose this valuable time to be working on your health and fitness because the studies are out and they're going to mm -hmm. continue to come out where if you're slightly, even slightly, slightly overweight and mm -hmm. you're deconditioned, you're as mm -hmm. much as six times more likely to have a negative side effect from COVID. So when, Absolutely. instead of talking about it, I want 
I really wanted to talk a lot more about fitness as we've done, because I think that that's really, never mind all the stats, focus on what you can be doing right now, which is increasing your immune system through healthy exercise, meditation, calming your mind and body down so you're not so stressed. And those are absolutes that will help you going into the second wave, right? Yeah. And that is uh, another one of the things that I wrote down. So I feel like we're all the same thing <laughs> like, about everything. I, I like that like you wrote. nothing that I can say or that you could say. You're like me, man. You got to write everything down or it just drifts out of your head. Well, because <laughs> I do wonderfully with questions. Like I, I love answering essay questions. So when, when people, so when you wrote them out in the text, I was like, I can do this because I love doing that. <laughs> I'm, I'm the worst. With, and that's why, I mean, I have a complicated like relationship to school, but I'm very, <laughs> That's exactly it. It's too easy because I love answering questions, but it's, it's, it's exactly what you just said. Like now is the time, like instead of being so afraid of the second wave, like now is the time to just brace yourself for it. It's the summer. It's the, it is the time. Like we've got three months of beautiful weather. We're forced to be outside. That is exactly what we should be doing, especially because in addition to what you just said about um, carrying a bit of extra weight and it's correlation to, to COVID and the effects, vitamin D, there are studies coming out that say vitamin D is a big, like it's a it's a big factor now. They're saying higher levels of vitamin D is correlated with decreased contraction of the virus. And where do we get that? If you're not taking supplements, you got to get outside and get some sun. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So what's better than increasing your immune system by moving and getting a bit of vitamin D? It's like, it's it seems like a no brainer to me. Yeah. <laughs> but but having to convince people otherwise, I mean that's part of the job too right right we're always trying to convince someone for what about what's good for them even though they know what's good for them yeah and it's like it's always hard to talk about all this stuff because like you said when you were talking about pilates you don't want to say like don't do it you don't want to it's like you want people to find out a movement or an exercise that they're going to be consistent with and continue to do so that they can work on those aspects of their fitness, but somehow help people to move away from this perpetual need to be entertained with their exercise. At some point they got to fall in love with just Uh being well, you know, whether it mean a long power walk with some push-ups, and you got to just put that in your head that that's good. That's yeah. That's, that's got to become the entertainment of the soul, right? Yeah. And maybe this is the optimist in me, but I really do feel like COVID was good for that at the very least is waking people up, not just to fitness, but just stuff in general in their life. But I mean, if we're going to talk about fitness, the things you like to do are the things you're going to do. If you have to force yourself, like, I think that, um, you know, one of, one of the questions you asked was whether the fitness industry is in jeopardy. And I don't know that it's in jeopardy. I don't think it'll ever be in jeopardy because we're always going to need to be physically fit mm-hmm. and people will always need motivation to do so. But people will be a lot less um, lackadaisical about their, you know, their especially econo fit or their low gym memberships that they just keep going on, on auto pay, but they never go. Yeah. People will realize, well, I didn't go for a reason. I didn't like doing that kind of activity. What is it that I do like now that I don't have the luxury of spending money right, left and center, right, left and center, because my, my income is not secure. Well, I'm going to invest in the things that really I do like. So maybe people who didn't, who loved rock climbing, but didn't think that they could invest there, they're going to go to a rock climbing gym, or they're going to start doing it outside, or they're going to start really honing in on the things that they like to do for movement instead of 
oh, the things I should do for a movement. Mm, yeah. I think yeah. people are really going to wake up to like, I enjoy doing this. And those are forever habits. So we got to thank COVID at least a little bit for, I, I, I mean, I speak for myself and I really hope that I'm not being an optimist here, but I think a lot of people realized or tried, picked up a few really good life habits during quarantine. And if you didn't, I think you missed a great opportunity there. Yeah. And it's not totally missed because we're still somewhat in, in, uh, mm -hmm. we're still somewhat sequestered, right? There's true. We're not all full out there right now. In fact, gyms are still very quiet. A lot of businesses are quiet. I feel very bad about that. That's, this is all terrible stuff, but people yeah. still do have a little bit more time to at least work on themselves and then, than they do when things are in full steam, right? People have a little bit more time on their hands. If they're working yeah. from home, they don't have to have all that travel time that they had before. And this gives them an excellent opportunity to be somewhat physically active. So, And I, not just physically active, yeah. but um, nutrition as well. Okay, like, so before you time. continue there, then yeah. let's do that. I wanted, wanted to ask you actually to leave people with, you know... Anissa's top three health and fitness tips. <laughs> what do you got for us? Tips. Do you have like three, three things? I like three because it's a manageable number. Do you have yeah. three things that you, you can really help people to build their own second wave going into the fall? Um, well, I guess the, the one I already, I already mentioned, I think it's really important that people take advantage of the next couple of months. Well, I mean, we're already mid-summer, but we all know that summer goes until October these years yeah. um, to really, um, it, yes, things are opening up, but the experiences are not the same. So at the very least, try to continue on in the next couple of months to be outside, to do the things that you like to do, A, to get your vitamin D, to get your sunlight and to get to know the things that your body can do naturally so if it means you've never run before, maybe just take a 10 minute run. If you're used to walking, walk a bit, maybe run a block, like those kinds of things. Just get to know what you can do outdoors in the event, God forbid, that this lockdown should happen again, you will at least have put yourself out there and found the things that you like to do. Then cooking. cooking. <laughs> People have okay. a lot more time now. People have a lot more time now to eat at home and, and, and develop good habits and develop like family dinners or develop these habits around nutrition that they might not have had the luxury to do when they were driving to and from the office, a lot of time wasted in traffic. Um, especially if you have the luxury of working remotely, this should be the time that if nothing else, if you're still not sure about being physically active or if you're nursing an, inj an injury, at least take this time to start getting to know food because the summer is the best part, like the best time to do that. Everything's in season more or less. So your prices are lower. And if, if you're struggling with the, you know, income because of COVID and everything else, this is the time to really do it. Experiment with food. Um, add three servings of vegetables more to your day. You'll see how much you reduce in other crap that you're eating just by doing that. Um, so I think that nutrition is often forgot. Everyone's so concerned with gyms are closed. I have to find a way to get physically fit during quarantine or, or you can also start to heal your body from the inside mm -hmm. and, and do, and, and really focus on your nutrition as well. That's huge. And I guess my third thing would be, um, do something you actually like to do in the absence of distraction. Um, the healthiest thing you can do is 
occupy your time with things you'd like to do. And that might not be the things you have to do or need to do because you're forced to do it for income. I think we talked about this already, but what are the things that you like to do? And what are the things that you've been putting off because you were for, you were forced into you know living the rat race or you had a, a certain routine that you felt like you couldn't break away from now that all routines are broken and it's just like no holds barred like we can do whatever because life is just not as we knew it try to at least fill one of those moments in your in your day with a passion project because i think that's going to contribute to your physical and nutritional wellness as well. Like you can't be doing something and not be motivated. You can't be doing things that don't motivate you without at least finding some source of motivation in your day. And if that means scrapbooking or if that means like, I don't know what, do that because it'll give you fuel, like use that as Kindle to fire your healthy habits as well. Like you, you can't have one without the other. You have to find some sort of balance there. I like that third point because it doesn't, people think that when you want to give them top health lifestyle tips they think it's all yeah. going to be nutrition and exercise and in fact it's well, actually it's be a big life change yeah one of them's got to be some sort of self-discovery because as you fall in love with your new hobbies or the things that mm -hmm. bring great interest to your life you start to fall in love with life more and that makes mm -hmm. you more engaged in all the other things that make life more pleasurable which is also being pain-free and feeling physically fit right well, pain free. Yeah, what you said about pain free. A lot of the conversation about when, in in recent years, I guess, when you don't want to veer someone towards only, uh, you know, getting physically active, only um, paring down your, or like honing in on your nutrition. The the other the third one is always self care, and yeah. I, I don't know how I feel about self care because I feel like it's uh it's 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 now become one of those things that are abused, and it's it's kind of become a um. Mm an excuse to laze around and still not go after your passions like that. You can be self-caring or you can be self-avoiding and that's two, two different things. Oh, like self-caring or self-avoiding. I really yeah. like that. Actually, that's very well put. We can all do with a little work on ourselves, you know, and I think sometimes Absolutely. people really misconstrue that, that term. Well, Anissa, that was an awesome conversation. I got to really okay. thank you. Wonderful. Oh, Wonderful. Would. Thank I you. I always love talking to you. It's good. Yeah. Well, we uh, well, there's. I have so many questions to. Uh, so, but you know, we we're gonna have to do it again. <laughs> sure. Sure. Write down your questions. You know, I love yeah. answering. Yeah, them. I'll write them down. I know you'll have notes. <laughs> yeah, I love notes. I know. One of those things. See, get to know your passions. My passions. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Thanks again, Anissa. I really appreciate this time that you've spent with me today and uh, all the great insights. And looking forward to doing this again very soon, near future. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Anissa. Thank you.